Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Oh, do you hear that? That's a fresh taste of Juvie Turbo Rush. Direct from A-Train, zero sugar energy drink. Oh, mm, just having a delicious sip of that there to get energy for the latest episode of Let's Hear It for the Boys. I'm Alex. Wow, I'm Justin. Really great drink acting there. Just really beautifully done. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. Uh, uh, we're talking about Gen V. I'm Pete. Yes, I'm going to get to that. I was going to get to that. I was going to announce what the name of the episode was. We're going to be talking about Gen V. Were you confused? Was that? Yeah, was I had a panic attack. Yeah. I was like, are we really talking about the boys? Uh, I think it's been it's, a while, but well, all right. it's in the boys universe. So we're, true. And, and we're boys. We're always talking about boys or thinking about boys. Yeah. In different uh, Pete's oh, eyes just okay. screamed, where am I? Who am I? What am I doing here? So I'm glad you <laughs> set that straight. Well, if you're yeah, listening, what you are doing here is listening to a podcast recap of Gen V, Episode 5, Welcome to the Monster Club. If you haven't checked it out on Prime Video, please do, because we're going to spoil it right about now. In fact, yeah. I'm going to give you a little recap here of the episode. So after the big cliffhanger of the last episode where Marie and Jordan woke up in bed together after a break, in the action, we're basically doing a hangover this episode where everybody's like, what did we do last night? What happened? How do we lose several days? And ultimately, at first, they think it was our theory that we had her on the podcast that it was Rufus, the guy who can wipe and control people's minds. We find out a lot more about him. And he is, even though he's got no dick, he is a dick is what we find out in this episode. Yeah, it's weird, right? How yeah. quickly he recovered. The dick was from inside him all along. Yeah, mm. like he recovered really quickly from his dick exploding. I would have expected it to affect his gait or maybe mm. how he ran, <laughs> but gait. I guess not. Mm. No, that's true. Gait. I do have a theory about that that I want for real that I want to get to in a second. But ultimately, the big reveal. A dick the, theory. I, I always have a dick theory, and he lets hear it. From he boys. majored in dick theorism. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Not a lot of applications. My parents were like, "Why are you doing this?" And I was like, "It's what I love." Let me do what I love yeah. here at college. It's what I'm good at. The big revelation at the end of the episode is it wasn't Rufus. It was actually Kate. Kate is working for Dean Shetty. And oh. Kate Ooh. seemingly wiped everybody's minds, took their memories multiple times, opening up a world of possibilities and questions going forward in the series and changing everybody's loyalties rapidly. That's where we wrap up here. Obviously, a lot of stuff happens in the middle. We get more movement on the relationships. Emma and Sam a little bit. Marie and Jordan a big bit as they kind of figure out what they mean to each other. And Audra and Kate, of course, not doing great by the end of the episode. Not so hot. Not so hot. So here's my theory real quick, because I was thinking about this with Rufus. Yes, he got his dick blown up by Marie in the previous episode. He's a soup, though. They have 
across the board, whatever other powers they have, all of the superheroes in this world have some sort of level of super strength, some level of super durability. So presumably he has some sort of quick healing as well. I would also assume maybe there's a healer on campus that helped him out or something like that. You seem very dubious about all of this, Pete. Yeah, why do you 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 doubt that? Yeah, I I mean, mean, probably not a dedicated dick healer. Well, it's a crazy college. I I just think it's one of those things where (laughs) I would have liked just one second to address the fact of like, I, I got to change pants because I'm still bleeding. I, something. Just the fact Wait, that he was acting that? like he. That's what you missed? No, I just would have liked some acknowledgement that he had his dick blown off. He was running around acting like it never happened. And that bothered me a little bit. Hmm. All right. Maybe some next trepidation, just, something. I, you know what I, I look mean? look forward to meeting the, the dick healer on campus and seeing how <laughs> that process might have been. Can, taken a couple minutes been hours mm-hmm. this was also pants. the shortest episode all season so far i think it was like 37 minutes or something like that so you're right they could have squeezed in a couple of minutes of him doing like the sad peanuts walk just blood dripping out of his crotch the entire time and then he would have turned to the camera and be like you happy pete you happy with this you like this is what you wanted is this making the show better for you <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the answer is yes. I will say that I really liked this episode. And I think this show just is really smartly built out and is the, the story is really good. I, th- I really like Another the dubious look from it's Pete. What is going on, Pete? I don't know. I mean, this episode, we got like jizz on the ceiling. People are getting like losing time. A lot of kind of I, I don't know. I, I, I can I, what I can appreciate about what's too Justin, much for you. you it's a lot. It. It's a lot. But what I can appreciate about what Justin is saying is I liked where our team is going and how we're coming together. We're starting to find out who's on what side, who's, you know, bad, who's good. So, like, I can appreciate all that. But, the, you know, a lot of shit goes down this episode. And uh, it's funny that Justin's like, this is my favorite. Well, uh, Justin always likes the last thing that he saw. And in the last episode, <laughs> this episode is favorite. But I agree. I thought this was a really good episode. And I really like how we are developing this cast. I thought, the just to jump all the way to the end, uh, right here at the top, the Kate twist was really good. There were a ton of different theories so good, I thought. Uh, on what could be happening here. But we've had big questions for the last four episodes about like, What's up with Kate? They seem to be like backpedaling her a little bit. We don't know as much about her. And what this does is open up what's been going on with her in a huge way at the end of this episode, puts her right in the middle of all of the action, potentially all along. It opens up a lot of questions about what has she been doing? Has she been doing this the whole time? You know, Can you trust your friends? You know what I right. mean? There's a lot of I, questions. I think the answer is... The answer is yes. I think she has been doing it all this time. You know, we and we talked about it last episode with the revelation that she was going to manage uh, Luke as her job, and she switched her major. And it makes total sense. First off, you can never trust a manager in mm-hmm. any capacity. Uh, secondly, like of course she's trying to be part of the institution, so of course she's tied up here. So I love the villain turn for her, but I also like that she feels bad about it. They could have mm-hmm. made her all like mustache twirling style villain who's like, "I got you now. I'll get you." Instead, she genuinely feels bad about it, I think, and I like where that leaves them. 
Well, what I like is the fact that we know, we now know the Dean is a bad, bad, a baddie. You know what I mean? She's you didn't know that before? Well, I was like, you know, is she, is she not? Like, she seems like she just handled that uh, kind of classically trained act- actor douchebag, but that was for good. You know what I mean? But now we're seeing that she just manipulates people all over the place uh, for this kind of like love of the torture room, the woods. Well, I'm going to throw always out there. on the Dean side. You he are loves deans. He's mm-hmm. always in school. I'm sure he was right up there. The D, the stodgy dean. Come on, in community. The dean was a lot of fun. Yeah, Pete. We should. This is a little bit of backstory for us, actually. Justin and I were in a very cool fraternity just off campus. We were always throwing raucous parties, mm-hmm. and Pete was working for the dean, trying to shut us down, and we kept pranking him in hilarious ways. Uh, by the end, he pranked he came, him. We're still doing it. <laughs> We're still doing it. This whole podcast Non-stop. is a prank. <laughs> We're going to get you. You're not going to see the turn. What I was going to throw out there about Dean Chetty is I think the same way as with Kate. Obviously, we need to see you know, a lot more about Kate here. But there are no straight villains, really, in the boys' universe. There are some, like, even, even if you absolutely loathe and hate them, you grow to kind of understand their perspective, even if you disagree 100% with what they're doing and how they're doing it. And I think we'll probably get the same thing with Dean Jetty. There's going to be a motivation for her that is driving whatever she's doing. I, I also don't think she's going to be mustache twirling, going, I'm uh, torturing kids in my underground lair, because that's not how this world works. All right. Well, well we'll we see. Good, we will gooder- see. We will see. I, we will I feel see. like we I, we're going to get a, a of all the uh, possible villains on this show. I feel like Dean is going to end up being the most mustache twirling of them all. That may mm. I think that may be, but we did get some huge reveals about what um, her and Doctor Cordosa are up to. In that he's working on a virus to control soups, specifically the kids at the school, right. and that the Dean, like Marie's powers, are very rare, and she has a benefactor. So, like, I feel like that's huge underlying motivation for this whole season mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. Well, I think all- the motivation for the season is the character who can open a hole in her back and then shoot jizz anywhere she wants. Uh, that's like a blowhole. She's like a whale, but for jizz, right? Is that what's going on? That was I don't know, Alex, I, I don't know if you know you how whales... That. I don't know if you know how whales work, but it's not really that way. That's not how that... That's not what that's for. You sure? I've seen Pinocchio a bunch of times. Oh, boy. This is getting weird fast. Yes, I'm not sure. Yeah, in the original story, Pinocchio um, gets ejaculated out of a whale. They don't really <laughs> touch that in the Disney version, but that's I was watching. I, I was watching Dick Nocchio. I'm sorry about that. I, wow. I got that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no. Guess what happens when he tells a lie? <laughs> oh, boy. Pete, disapproving of literally everything that's going on here. Classic Dean Pete, assistant Dean Pete. Not liking this. The Marie thing is very interesting. Just to throw out and speculate wildly about the plot here, given that Dean Shetty says, no, Marie is still important to me mm-hmm. in a different way. I think that's in terms of being the guardian of Godalkin, being this face of the university, putting her forward. But I do think we're probably going to reach a point of the season when her usefulness to Dean Shetty is going to run out. And I, I would be shocked if by the end of the season, Marie isn't 
about to be experimented on by Dr. Cardoza, and that's kind of where we end up in episode seven or episode yeah. eight. And we reveal that the well, Dean and I really like the way sister. that they've used her powers. Wait, who's uh, her sister? Dean Shetty? Uh, they... yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Definitely not that. I like the way that they're taking her powers that at the beginning of the season was sort of like, oh, this is like sort of not great. And really finding new uses all the time, showing how powerful she actually is and setting her up as maybe a powerful force in the boys' universe going forward. I'm curious, though, who is the benefactor? I don't think it's any of the characters that we've met on the show. Is there a character from the larger boys' universe who is her benefactor? Hmm. I don't, I don't know. Who has the money and interest to do that? Follow the money! Follow the money. I mean, it could be the boys, right? Like, recruiting her? Yeah. Right. Homelander? That's uh, cool. Yeah, I don't think it would be Homelander. That doesn't necessarily make sense. But I could see, like, Butcher doing it or Huey or – or uh, what about Victoria Newman, Congressman Newman? That's somebody she might – Yeah. Newman might want her on her side. Anyway, that's a lot of speculation. There's a lot more to talk about in the episode, so why don't yeah. we get back to that? Let's I do want to ask you, Pete, not to keep getting your temperature on stuff, but a character you didn't bring up yet that you perennially bring up as a villain or unsure for some reason is Andre – in this episode, he is going a little wild because of what happened to Kate. There's a big revelation in the middle here that presumably, uh, presumably, presumably is true. Obviously, we have to doubt everything that she's told us at this point. But when they're talking about Rufus, she reveals that back when she was a freshman, he did his mind thing on her. She woke up three days later and clearly he had sexually assaulted her. He had filmed her saying she yeah. he had her consent on camera, but of course she did not give consent. That was his mind powers doing it. Absolutely horrific, awful stuff that I think is treated very responsibly. One well, of the, well, hold on. The line that I really thought was very good after that is Jordan remembers and she, Kate being like, I don't remember. And Jordan responds, your body fucking remembers, which yeah. Yeah. I thought was a good thing to put out there, particularly because like, this is a, this is obviously a real thing that happens to people. So putting it out to the viewers of the show and being like, no, just because you don't remember doesn't make it okay is a smart pointed thing to put out in the series. Well, that's what I would have liked. I would have liked a little bit more because this is a huge triggering, awful thing that happens that is absolute bullshit, but is true. And people have to deal with this. And then the I foggy, I don't remember thing is very real, but also the choice to take action against this person and how hard that becomes is also so ridiculous and frustrating. And that's, uh, yeah, I wanted to have a little, have a little bit more of a moment there to kind of be like, this is really fucked up. And the fact that we can't do it, you know, because Rufus is still running around doing this bullshit while all of them are still like, oh, I don't remember. you know what I mean? That's what's so frustrating. Dicklitz over here can still, you know, ruin people's lives. And it's just, it's, it's awful. So I would have liked to hang in that a little bit, or I had a little bit, uh, I, I, I don't want to have to dig for the good point is what my, what I'm trying to say. I, I just would have liked it to been a little bit uh, louder and prouder because it is, it's just so awful. And, uh, you know, it's real life, unfortunately. So yeah, it's tough, but, um, you know, I would have liked it a little bit more, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. 
Well, I hear you, Pete, too. I do think this show moves fast, and for a show able to take the moment to touch on this and then use it in, in the rest of the story in a way while sort of paying paying some, some good attention to it, I thought was good. And a lot of it was set up last episode as well. So, like, at least it, it's already been in the mix. It's part of this character, and it gives us a real reason to, like – want to see him got after in the way that he is. Yeah. Uh, well, the other two things that I'd throw out there, one is that I wouldn't want to see it become a very special episode of Gen V. And I don't think that's what they're going for the same way that they've been dealing with the issues that we've been talking about, like disordered eating or self harm or things like that. That is part of these characters and part of their lives as they continue on their lives. It's not the one and only thing that defines them. It is, but it is something that's part of them, and it's something that's not going to go away. So, in a very similar way, to see how we've seen that crop up, like for example, Emma has this huge, big, powerful moment where she goes ham on the bowl of spaghetti and meatballs and grows huge. In this episode, we find out the reason she's never done that is her mother told her she was a monster; she, she was yeah. gross for doing that. And even though Emma doesn't completely feel that way and keeps being like, no, 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 this is not disordered eating. Everything we've seen indicates that there is at least a little bit of like her mom told her it was gross to eat too much and told her it was good to throw up and be skinny and hot. Yeah. And that's something that's sticking with her and staying with her. They're not forgetting about, but again, she gets to do other things as well. I think now that we have this out here for Kate, it's not something that they're just going to leave behind. They're not going to be like, I was sexually assaulted once at the end. It's something that potentially is part of her character that can come up a lot in a similar way to how they dealt with it on Starlight, with Starlight on The Boys, where she was assaulted yeah. by the deep, where it wasn't the only thing about her character, but they never forgot about it. And they never forgot about it in every single interaction she had with the deep from there on out. So whenever Rufus comes up, whenever Kate comes up, I think that's still going to be part of the show, potentially. Um there was another point yeah, I had, but I, I forgot at this point. Anyway, we can we can talk about some other stuff. Um, what do we? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's 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 tough because, like, uh, you know, speaking of the ships, you know, like you're pulling for these characters, but then when they keep having their mind wiped, they have to keep starting over, and it kind of reminds me a little bit of a frustrating, like, kind of like. Sitcom where it's like every every episode's one and done, so you kind of have to start fresh and build them back up again, and then hopefully, you know, will they, won't they? But yeah, I I I was so happy with the kind of how they dealt with, you know, the Marie kind of being like, oh, I was told it was cool, but then she was like, hey, I don't know why I said that. Uh, you know, I want to talk more about us, and then Marie was like, what? And I was like, oh. You know, like we're back to yeah. square one. Just to them. talk through it very quickly in terms of the plot line, if anybody forgets. So Jordan and Marie wake up together. They kissed in the previous episode. They have a little bit of a awkward conversation where they're trying to wonder what's going on. They realize that they did sleep together. And then over the course of the episode, they have another couple of awkward conversations. One before Kate mind wipes Marie again and another one after Kate mind wipes Marie again. And then ultimately, at the end of the episode, we'll see where it goes. But 
Emma definitely is harassing <laughs> in a positive way uh, Marie to be like, what does it matter if you feel what you feel? Why do you need to overcomplicate it? Just go for it, which is definitely yeah. what she's doing with Sam. So she's kind of taking that lesson there and applying it to Marie. But obviously we haven't seen the end of this. Um, regardless of the 51st dates of it all, though, Pete, what did you do you like? Jordan and Marie, do you like that yes. coupling? They're good Very with that. much so, yeah. And I liked how uh, Marie admitted, you know, Emma got her to admit that she does uh, like them. Uh, so I thought it was really just, uh, it's nice. You know, it's, it's, uh, I feel like in the midst of all this madness and grossness, there's just like, there's some real uh, beautiful moments uh, uh, growing. So it's, a, it's good to have something to root for in, in all the chaos. What about you, Justin? I agree How with do you that feel? Too. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say uh, that the uh, the way that the the plot to erase their memories and just like you guys partied and that's why you don't quite remember everything, and and it it works sort of at the beginning. And the th- reason it doesn't is because they actually care for these people, and they sort of are following their feelings that they couldn't that Kate couldn't erase, and that gets them through, and it's going to carry them on. And I think that's a really good underlying sort of like theme for the show and these characters and i both sides both of these relationships i think are easy to champion they're like despite emma and sam being like taught like sam's obviously dealing with some bad stuff we get a scene here that is like puppet focused so uh, yeah. which is i thought was is really it- well done yeah, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Is it weird to root for somebody who is like a, a murderer to uh, get with Emma? Because I'm like, oh, I, I still like him. I still like them together, even though he mm-hmm. was clearly uh, uh, ripping through people. Well, I'm really interested to see how that turns out, to your point, Pete, because like like we were just talking about, everybody in the boys' universe has these different layers yeah, where you can really root for them and really like them, no matter the horrible, awful things that they did. But I, I don't think we know which side Sam's going to fall on yet, on the heavily damaged kills people side or on the he's a good guy hero side or maybe some more likely somewhere in the middle. Emma clearly at this point, I think, is a hero. She's somebody we can root for. She's good. She has her issues, but she's somebody who fights for what's right and is uh, sticks by her friends. Sam sticks by his friends, but like we're talking about, goes absolutely nuts, pictures a bunch of soldiers, mind you, they're bad soldiers, but soldiers as puppets and rips them to shreds. And he keeps doing this. That's kind of okay in the world of the boys and Gen V tearing through people, but it definitely feels beyond to your point that you're saying. So that's a long way of saying, I don't know. I think though that we're going to find out that they, they did this to him. Yeah, they did this to him. And so it makes sense that it's coming back on them. They're the ones that are forced, whatever the the puppet thing, it feels a little bit like something that is maybe part of this virus, a means to control them or his body is rejecting whatever they're using Mm. to try to control him. And that's what's giving him this. So I'm hopeful. I think it's going to go two ways. Either Sam is going to die over the course of this first season or he will find a way through it and be healed. Yeah, the puppet thing... I love the execution of it. Very fun, delightful sequence with ripping them apart and just glitter popping out of their joints and things. Mm -hmm. Really good. 
Like I said last episode, it's still a little too close to the Black Noir cartoon character thing from last season of The Boys for me. It's a fun callback, but then like, they change it. a little thing, you know? Mm, I don't know. Come on, man! Mm, I hate it. This show's bad. I turned. Bored. Why do you hate puppets? <laughs> <laughs> no, it just it, it feels a little similar. But to your point, like there might be a connection to what's going on in the woods, and we might find that out, and that might explain it a little better. Yeah, maybe than, Black Noir had to go to the woods. Maybe I learned today. I was doing a little reading. The actor who plays Black Noir went to set and sang "Happy Birthday" to Chance Perdomo. So maybe Black Noir is going to come up and be like, do a do a Sam Jackson and be huh. like, "You're part of a bigger animated world than you would ever know, Sam." Well, I thought he was going to swear at him the way you brought <laughs> I mean, Black Dwarf doesn't really talk that much, so he probably wouldn't say any of that. But, yeah. uh, yes, the Sam Kate, uh, Sam yeah, Emma whole, stuff is whole thing cute. is not talking, in fact. Can I, can I get over to another little quibble that I also don't mind that much? I want to be clear. It doesn't ruin the show for me. Jordan Marie, very cute. I really like them together. Jordan, I feel like, has had a slight personality change because of this relationship into being a much nicer person. And I want Jordan to still be a little bit of a jerk at the same time. Come on. No, I don't know. We'll get it back. It's all right. No, I don't want it back. Being in a relationship changes you for the better. Yeah, yeah. You you, you learn to grow as a person, man. You don't... uh, I don't want Jordan to revert, you know. Uh, I, I think that, yeah, they're making each other bother. Being nice? No thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I love the way that <laughs> the two actors playing and Jordan are doing it. And there's these great mood eyes just looking at Marie, very giddy and excited about this new relationship. Love that. Totally into all of that. And the way that Jazz Sinclair plays it at Marie as well is also very cute. But I don't know. I think you could still have Jordan being the snarky asshole for the first four episodes while being a bit giggly over Marie without completely switching between the character. But we'll see. It's new. It's a fresh relationship. Like you said, it's a dumb quibble, but you have it. <laughs> all right fair enough uh, <laughs> what about kate and andre what do you think at this point is kate are, are um, they done are they done so is it splitsville for kate and andre i hope not i'm pulling for kate to you know turn this around because she was manipulated by the dean you could tell the the way the dean did the kind of like uh you know got the tea shot you know um i think it was uh yeah, I'm hoping that they can work it out. I'm worried about it, but I'm hoping that uh Kate can still be a part of the team because I uh, I think they're going to need her. Justin, what about you? What's your take on Kate and Andre? I think they'll come point? back around. I I think it's going to be like a I think it's going to be like a long uh path to get back there, but by the end of the season I think they will get back together. Is my call. I hope so. Um, what else about the episode? I, I do want to mention we got to see a lot more of Maverick, who is the invisible RA, who <laughs> um, I didn't realize this. Maverick is the son of Translucent from The Boys, the guy who got blown up by oh. the bomb up his ass by Huey. There's right. a very quick line in the second season where they're having a funeral where Homelander lies to the audience. It's like his last words 
before he stopped those terrorists were, I love my son Maverick. And he looks out of the audience and it's a different actor, uh, but now he's the RA at Godalkin University. But I loved all the messed up shit that happens with him and knowing that he's translucent son makes it all make more sense. The fact that he's like being in a BDSM relationship with a goat and he's jerking off to boys and girls in the bathroom, all this horrible shit, but also having a, a nice conversation with people yeah. at the same time, being a good RA. I don't know if you can say he's being a good RA. Being the best person on the show. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Someone oh to look God. up to. I think he is being a good RA, despite the fact being a total creep, uh, a problematic creep. Hmm. I really like the party footage that they showed at the beginning. Oh, that was my very God. Fun. So big, fun. Emma Chuck and the keg was hysterical. That's great. They got a I mean, I assume they do because they do such a good job with boys, Gen V social stuff. But they got to put that up on TikTok if they haven't. Um, that would be very, very fun. Uh, so that was very good. And then, oh, also Dusty, I think the name of the character, the soup who yeah. looks like a kid, but is actually 28. Just a he funny a like a hairless caterpillar. Yeah. Just a funny background character. I really like that quite a bit. That's always enjoyable. Um, what else? There are a couple of other things I wanted to call out. What was heartbreaking was the I kind of like, uh, do you want to go? No, no, no. You go, Pete. What was the thing okay. that was heartbreaking no, for you? The kind of like Kate and Andre having that, we got to see them together, you know, just kind of smoking weed, hanging out, watching TV, just really kind of being themselves. And then kind of the twist reveal that uh, she's been the baddie all along. It was it was tough because it was like, you know, I wasn't sure how I felt about them, but this really kind of clicked it in for me of like, oh, I like them together. They kind of they get along really nicely and uh, I feel like could be good for each other. So that's why it made it that much of a bigger heart wrenching turn when we thought it was Kate the whole time. Yeah. Well, I think that's structurally why that scene was in there. Right. Is to yeah. get yeah. you really invested in the relationship. Yeah. Before they pull the rug out. Justin, what were you going to say? I fell for it. Uh, I want to shout out the Mesmerizer. That's a fun mm -hmm. uh, little thing that we see a little bit of here in a couple ways. Yeah, Great. that was... Not uh, sure well, what that, that means. Oh, no, no. That was the show that uh, Haley Joel Osment was on as a kid. Yeah. He he showed <laughs> up in the second the season, I right. think, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, I loved everybody watching that show. That was very fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, we also got some Vaudaburger in here when yep. Rufus does, I, I assume in the middle there, when Andre flips from Rufus to the Vaudaburger, that is Rufus, not Kate, right? Like I kept, I was doing this whole, I don't know, memento thing of like going back through my mind and trying to run through all the scenes to figure out memento which was which. Thing. You're like writing on your hand, it was Kate. The Maybe that's time. not the movie I'm thinking of. <laughs> that was Rufus though, I think. Too. Yeah. Usual suspects. I think that's what I'm actually thinking of. The uh, this is a yes. That's definitely what you're. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. The uh, Emma, place that Emma and Samurai. You guys were one hundred percent right. That is a drive-in theater, and she shows off a jacket or a shirt from it. Sure. Uh, and I, I found this out today. This is an actual, real drive-in theater. And the thing that she shows off the Stardust Drive-in Theater. 
Um, it's about 45 minutes outside of Toronto. That's the actual logo of the thing. Oh, wow. So that's where they were. If you want to go see, they're, they're going to be showing the Eros Road Tour. Trip. The Eros Tour there, yeah. So we could definitely hang out and kill some puppets or something. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. I like the effect of Marie removing the tracker. It was like this gross oh, blood zit popping. Yeah. Oh. But I like that. Like we've been talking about her figuring out different ways of using her powers, I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think I think that was it. Anything else you guys want to call out here? I just like the shouts to the Jumanji callback. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I just like that line of like, oh, I fucking wiped you again. You know, like this realization that like Marie got wiped and it was uh, it was such a I don't know. I just like the wording of it. I thought it was a really kind of cool moment. Uh, let me ask you guys about the title of the episode. Maybe there's a reference that I'm missing here, but it's Welcome to the Monster Club. The last line of the episode is Andre telling Kate, you're a monster. So presumably it's about her. But what? it No, you don't think no. so? No, I mean, because the, we get monsters a couple times. Like yeah. Emma gets her mom says that mm, she's a monster. True. Like it's kind of the reveal that they're all monsters. Sam's a monster. They're all monsters. Mm. Welcome to Monsters Club. They are kind of a. Uh, they're club. the Monsters Club. Yeah. There you go. Okay. I, I wouldn't want any Monsters Club that wouldn't have me for a member. I got that very wrong. Anyway, <laughs> before we wrap up here, why don't we talk about best boy in the episode? Justin, do you want to call out your best boy first? A lot of good characters here, but this is definitely a Marie episode, I thought. I loved her using her powers to pop the tracker out and her putting it together, figuring out uh, her relationship with Jordan. I thought just great Marie episode. And just so we're not, you know, constantly me and Justin going back and forth and saying Emma Marie, Emma Marie, you know what I mean? Just to switch it up. I'm going to say Emma uh, because she had (laughs) just a fantastic episode and seeing her chug beer and kind of get recognized and have that happy moment, ignore her mom's phone call. I'm really uh, happy with who Emma is uh, turning into and becoming here and, uh, you know, not only is she the rise on the list of superheroes, the numbering, but, uh, you know, definitely um, uh, as rise in one of the better characters. I also want to quickly just say I love the music choices that they're making at the end of every episode. It's so fun. It's such a nice kind of like exclamation point on the thing that they are kind of talking about. So it's uh, it's very enjoyable. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to give it up for Maverick this episode. He's just <laughs> out there being a good RA. <laughs> of course. It's not a good RA. Living his best RA life. doesn't watch people shower. Being honest about what he oh. wants and going <laughs> now, for are it. Are you an RA? You have RA energy right You here. do have RA energy. Yes, I am. I'm drinking this RA, RA, RI drinking an energy drink. Yes, RI am. I don't know what I'm talking about here. Well, that's a good, terrible place to wrap up. If you'd like to <laughs> support us <laughs> patreon.com slash comic book club also we do a live show every tuesday night at 7 p.m to facebook and youtube come hang out we would love to chat with you about the boys and gen v apple yeah. spotify android or the app of your choice to subscribe listen and follow the show at comic book live on twitter comic book club live on tiktok and instagram comic book club for this podcast and many more and guess what guys 
I know you're a fool. I never opened this. See, I have it upside down right now and it's not spilling out because I faked all those noises. Yeah. Jumanji. We knew that. that. It was super obvious from the beginning. Oh, man.